previously on follow the leader uh today we're playing random access histories by ben roswell uh for those of you who are new to this game here are the basics there is a term called pixel bloom that refers to the light from a single pixel spilling outward blurring into and illuminating its neighbors when scientists were asked to name the manner of information sharing between an entangled mech and pilot they remembered the seeping glow of figures on the otherwise dark cathode ray screen. When the bloom occurs, memories, thoughts, emotions, and sensations may bleed from pilot to mech and back again. So for the setup, uh, as a team, uh, we play our side's best hope in the conflict against an overwhelming enemy. Uh, it drew the two of us together and continues to bind us as we go forward. Uh, together, we'll choose three adjectives from a list uh, in the doc to describe the threat that we face, and then we'll choose one thing that sets the threat apart and makes facing it overwhelming. Uh, we always have a theme of god-killing on FTL, so we could go with angelic. How about unpredictable? Ooh, yeah, good call. So the next thing that we have to do is uh, we have to describe the mech uh let's see i think i'm leaning towards animalistic i see holy here but it makes me think maybe profane Ooh. so i'm gonna make a pitch for two mm -hmm. because i'm a sucker for like grizzled veteran meets bright-eyed rookie uh-huh I would pitch either storied or ancient. Yeah. I like storied. Let's go with storied. So, um, the next step is for you to, uh, choose a name for your mech. Uh, the, my mech is Kiki. And I'm going to do the same process for the pilot. I'm going to go for loyal for mm -hmm. one. Not seasoned. Uh, <laughs> ooh. How about cloned? Mm. With the uh, implication of genetic modification. Mm -hmm. And I'm leaning towards awoken, though. I think awoken. And I think that's going to be the one that. I pick that sets uh sets me apart. Mm hmm mm hmm And I am going to be playing uh Marnie Sands who uses she her pronouns. Just because something's made for something doesn't mean that it's great when it gets scuffed up, you know? Uh I think Marnie feels Kiki retreat. And there's a sense of heat and anger and that kind of thing where you know that you're angry and you know that you're going to lash out at the next person who talks to you and so you walk away. And so she, she pulls back a bit um, and... What does she say? She says, I think she just says, uh, no, that's not what pilots are for. 
and she um kind of falls silent for a while. I think Kiki can feel Marnie withdrawing too, and because of that, I don't know that she necessarily realizes that Marnie didn't really understand what Kiki was saying. And so um, Marnie's just like, you know, Marius is probably going to be back here soon. I don't think I want to be here when they get here. So I'm just going to, you know, and, you know, trying to be a little chipper, but completely failing. And, you know, she makes a sort of like sloppy half salute as uh, she beats a retreat. We now return to your game already in progress. So, I feel like we need to get more Winna in here. <laughs> I feel like more Winna has been discharged uh, provisionally. I don't know, is... Would it be... Would it be more fun? I know it would be a little bit to, to juggle having Marnie and more Winna and Kiki in the same scene, but I almost think that it would be fun for that to happen like yeah. kiki's still in the the hangar bay mm -hmm. and marnie's there with uh you know trying to do some more repairs and morwenna walks up looks exactly like marnie except like she's got an arm in a in a cast and a sling and the opposite legs in a cast and she's got like the single crutch mm-hmm just like hopping because that's really the only way that she can she can manage uh-huh um i think so what is marnie doing with kiki when this when more when it comes in more repairs more repairs i think maybe uh she's up on top of Kiki this time, maybe doing something like recalibrating the cannon or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like the the more the cannon gets used, the more the the profane runes wear off, and so she's actually like redoing the runes or something like that. Something less technical. Mm-hmm. Do you want to play more Wenna or do you want me to play more Wenna? 
Um, how about I play Morwenna? Um, because okay. I imagine Marnie's just gonna kind of like be in the background for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll play Morwenna for you. Okay. I think she walks up and, well, hops up and just has, you know, a, a big smile on her face and she's just like, hey, buddy. I think Marnie feels like Kiki brightening, like the 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 equivalent of like a dog sitting up, ears perked up, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think she even turns her head to look. God, does she start wagging her tail? She starts <laughs> wagging her tail. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I think Marnie hears uh, Kiki say Morwenna's name because I I don't think that the bloom maintains between old pilots and mechs. No, I don't think it does. So I think it's almost like it's a it's a reflex, right? To she's she's talking as if she's talking to a Morwenna, but Morwenna, of course, can't hear her. Mm-hmm. So Marnie's just hearing it. And I think Marnie, like, maybe flinches at first, and then uh, calls down to Morwenna and says, uh, Kiki says, hey. <laughs> and Morwenna, like, the smile gets bigger, and uh, she's just like, I'm real glad you made it out in one piece. And Marnie hears... Uh, I was so worried about you. Can Kiki talk out loud, or can she only talk to Marnie? I kind of like it if she can only talk to Marnie. Okay. It makes this so much more entangled. Yeah. And uh, Marnie communicates that down to Morwenna, who's just like, when... She realizes that the only way she's going to be able to get what Kiki is saying is through Marnie. Like, her smile falters a little. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kiki's known Morwenna long enough to know that, like, that stings. Mm-hmm. Like, Morwenna is probably never going to hear Kiki's voice again. And that fucking sucks, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I Kiki. Oh, not Go Kiki. Ahead. Sorry. Not Kiki. Uh, Morwenna nods and says, uh, yeah, back at you, buddy. It uh, it wasn't great, but here we both are. I think I'm going to play the Seven of Hearts. Mm-hmm. And I think Marnie gets just a really intense sense of deja vu because Morwenna and Kiki were partnered for a long time. Mm -hmm. But Kiki's storied. And so there was a clone before Morwenna. Mm -hmm. And so there's that sense of deja vu of like having done this before, um, having had a similar conversation, um, with the similar sense of grief to it, but also with 
a with a relief because there are only two ways that the pilot mech bond is broken. Mm-hmm. One is you get another pilot, and the other one is your pilot dies. Um, and so as painful as this is, for Kiki, it is, you know, just head and shoulders above and better than the alternative. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Marnie can feel the echo of Kiki's sadness, like, see it reflected in Morwenna's face. But also with that relief that I think that Morwenna maybe hasn't come to feel yet because it's a little different for the pilot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, one one pilot will have one mech, but one mech will have multiple pilots. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's, that's the memory that happens. And uh, I think coming out of the memory, Kiki, like, lowers her head her enormous head compared to Morwenna um, and kind of like just barely touches her nose to Morwenna's chest and she says I'm just so glad you're okay Marnie has stopped all pretense of working again and she looks down at Morwenna and Morwenna is barely paying attention like She's got her eyes closed and, like, she's kind of shifting so she can almost hug Kiki's nose. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marnie says what Kiki said, but Morwenna, I think Morwenna is just crying mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't think. Marnie approaches or anything like that. I think she just like tries to give Kiki and Morwenna space. Mm-hmm. I think after Morwenna leaves, maybe she has an appointment to get to or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiki turns her attention back to Marnie um, and she says, thank you for helping me talk to her. <sighs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I think Marnie kind of half-heartedly smiles and says, uh, helping her mix two things is what pilots are for. <laughs> uh, I think Kiki snorts and she chuckles a little bit uh, and she says, uh, that's true. I wouldn't be able to get anywhere without you all. I kind of like leaving it there. Mm-hmm. Sink or desync, do you think? Ah, oh, that's a toughie. I think maybe sink. Hmm. Because I think that brought us to a closer understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to take a quick break? I should have been using that time to think of a scene. <laughs> Do you have any ideas? Um, here's one. Mm. What if we get, like, cut off from the rest of our battalion and are stranded somewhere waiting for pickup? 
Yes, good. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> My kind of shit. Uh huh. I mean, I hate to, I hate to potentially be injuring Kiki again, but also that's what mechs are for. Um... Or, or alternately, Kiki's mostly fine, but Marnie's the one injured. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So we were on a bit of an away mission. And I think our battalion walked into some kind of trap. Mm-hmm. And I think the other members either were killed or were also able to retreat, but retreated in a different direction mm-hmm. uh, to the point where we don't know where they are. And theoretically, you know, we... The the orders are to scatter in such a situation as this and, you know, uh, meet up again at home base. Mm-hmm. Only if you can't be followed, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think that... I think that we were damaged in the fight. Mm-hmm. Where I think that... I think, one... Uh, Kiki's uh, navigation system is on the fritz. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's sustained a few other, like, physical uh, damages um, that hamper her movement um, to the point where it's slow going beyond the fact that they only have a vague heading of which direction to go in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how injured you want Marnie to have been. But I think we have stopped traveling for the night. Or, alternatively, because Kiki doesn't really have to rest, she's just kind of walking slowly in one direction that they hope that the base is in. Mm-hmm. Um, when the when the scene opens. So, I think, I don't think Marnie has, like, a sucking chest wound or anything, (laughs) but I think it's one of those, like, very bullshit cinematic TV show style thing where, like, you know, an injury to, to her side, the, the, Mm -hmm. her suit is stained with blood Mm -hmm. and, like, she's wincing with every step. Mm -hmm. Maybe the, the cockpit has been like the integrity of the cockpit has been compromised Mm -hmm. and uh she's just like anyone you can walk away from right (laughs) yep uh it uh if we can get home we can be repaired I'm not sure I want to go home. I don't want to I don't want to know what Marius is going to say to me next time. <laughs> don't worry, I'll protect you from them. And uh through the bloom Kiki gets like the mental image of Marnie hiding behind one leg and then Marius like chasing her around that leg yelling. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's very clearly not what Marnie thinks is going to happen. It's just, you know, the image that pops into Marnie's head that she's too tired to keep out of the bloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think Kiki modifies the mental image uh, to her holding Marius under one paw. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, while Marnie like runs away. <laughs> it's funny because like Marnie just passes the mental image back of like Marius like finding a radio and going over the intercom, and <laughs> you know the the whole base hearing Marius's mm-hmm. tirade. <laughs> I like the thought of them just passing this image back and forth to each other, like modifying it a little bit each time. Yeah. Um, just this entire elaborate scenario to distract Marnie. Mm-hmm. And I think after after a moment, like, or, you know, after doing this for, for a little bit, uh, Marnie stops passing the mental image and... She's quiet for a little while, and Kiki wonders if maybe she hasn't gone to sleep or something like that, except, you know, Kiki can see her vitals, presumably, and can tell mm-hmm. that, you know, she's still awake. Mm-hmm. And then Marnie says, I'm sorry I'm not her. I think Kiki is a little taken aback by this, and... Uh, after a moment, she says, uh, it always takes some getting used to. It's not you. I just, I'm sorry it had to be like this. I know I'm supposed to be like top of the line super soldier, but still let us get got. <laughs> I think Kiki laughs. Uh, and there's a a brief mental image of just a line of Marnie's, uh, all a little different, like a different haircut or a different Mm -hmm. way of carrying themselves or a, a different expression. Um, and she says, uh, I have known tens of you. And know that I mean it with the utmost fondness when I say, a super soldier, you are not. Hmm. Marnie gets a little indignant and is just like, hey, I was supposed to be engineered to be the best of the best, okay? (laughs) Uh, You are the best because you... um, And there's like... There isn't a word, but there there's the sensation of um or like the the general concept of awoken. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, you are perfectly suited to this because you are concept of awoken. Not because you are a perfect soldier but I wouldn't have you any other way. I think I know what memory I want to play. I've just got to decide what it's tied to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to play the Nine of Hearts, and I think that this is 
a memory that happened after the one with the shitty doctor. Mm -hmm. And I think that this features prominently the lead scientist on the the whole project the whole clone project i think that this scientist's name she's muriel and mm -hmm. she's who all the clones are based off of okay um she looks like marnie but she's like in her 50s maybe um mm -hmm. doesn't have any fun hair colors or anything like that <laughs> and like this is Marnie is being inspected after like something went wrong during a training exercise. Mm -hmm. And I think Marnie is just, she's frustrated and she's upset and she's pissed at herself. And like, she doesn't even notice Muriel walk in and she's just kind of like railing at nothing um just kind of like berating herself out loud and muriel's just like hey 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 don't don't say that about don't say that about one of my creations you're you're perfect just how you are <laughs> but i think marnie feels a little bit of bitterness towards the the memory Mm -hmm. just because the memory of that's what pilots are made for is a bit stronger and so she has had a trouble internalizing that but she can't help be rem but be reminded of it with what kiki said mm -hmm. and i think it's actually the pain of her injury is like she gets jostled a little bit you know with the terrain even though kiki's taking it slow mm -hmm. And that pulls her out of the memory and she just kind of closes her eyes and is just like, listen, it's, I'm, I'm going to try to get some shut eye. It's, we were a ways from base. I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you mind if I switch it to autopilot? Uh, I don't mind. Sleep, sleep easy. I'll keep watch. Uh, that feels like scene. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. All right. Sink or desync? Mm. It feels a little like desync to me. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of ambivalent, so whatever you think. Okay. Yeah, it feels a little like, like desync because I don't think Marnie particularly cared for being reminded of Muriel saying that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Do we want to say we go for... We finish this and then we go for two more memories and then we finish it out? Mm-hmm. So a total of eight scenes? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. <sighs> Let's see... What if we've been given some intelligence, like this is after we've we've recovered mm -hmm. uh, and we're ready for a new mission. What if we've received some intelligence about a potential host 
encampment mm -hmm. that may be harboring something uh something of value that we can either steal or destroy mm -hmm. sounds good because we need some good angelic combat i feel like <laughs> um i think we're already out in the field when this starts and kiki can feel like marnie trying to stretch her senses Mm -hmm. Because, you know, she's awoken. She's supposed to be able to see things that other ones of, you know, her clone batch can't. Mm -hmm. And she is trying to get a sense for what's out there, trying to feel out, like, if she can feel anything about the, the supposed artifact, item. Mm -hmm. She's not sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's not 100% paying attention to Kiki or necessarily where they're going right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, I think Kiki is happily taking over the lion's share of navigating as uh, Marnie does this until Marnie feels Kiki stop short because she has maybe picked something up on her sensors. And so she calls Marnie's name to get her attention. Marnie, like, snaps out of it. And, uh, like, she doesn't physically look up. Uh, she just, like, opens her eyes and is just like, what is it? I'm not sure. I think there's something up ahead. Marnie, like, refocuses, and I think, uh, she's like, y yeah, I can see it, too. It's, it's not showing up on your regular sensors, but it's, it's there. Do you think there's some sort of, do you think there's some sort of host tech we've never encountered before? I think, uh, Kiki, like, runs through... Not quite all the battles she's been in, but, like, just, like, is rapidly going through the memories. And she says, it's not anything I've encountered, at least. Maybe that's, uh, what we're here for. Let's get a closer look. And she kind of, like, becomes more active in Kiki's movements and, like, engages, like... I don't want to say like a stealth mode, but like engages the the quieter mm -hmm. running mechanisms so that way they're making less noise and have a lower profile kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think this is what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I think, God, what would be cooler? Part of me wants to say it's almost like a giant stargate Ooh. with a link back to where the hosts are coming from. And mm. this would explain why we don't know where the hosts are coming from, because we've never been able, you know, their their transportation tech is completely undetectable to us. Mm -hmm. And we've never been able to get close enough to see it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. 
So there's just this this towering ring. Maybe this is the flaming wheel. You know, it's just uh -huh. this this giant ring that rotates uh, above the ground and it sparks with energy. Um, like right now, it seems like it's dormant because there's not much going on, but periodically like sensors that look like eyes or maybe they are eyes open and close around the the perimeter of it mm-hmm good shit so what do we do um i think kiki crouches low um she's huge like you can't really hide but you know trying to keep a lower profile mm -hmm. um there's probably something about the way that she's engineered aerodynamically that makes her more difficult to pick up on like radar and lidar mm. and stuff like that. So yeah. whether or not that's the tech that they're using, like at least she's built for a modicum of stealth. Mm -hmm. Um, and she says, uh, sending data back to home base now. And there's like a, almost like a recording running of all of her readings on this thing um mm -hmm. as they they stand there i think it's that point that one of the eyes that's lower on the wheel uh slowly opens and at first like it just seems like it's staring out into space but then like the pupil dilates then narrows as it like locks on to our position mm. and like all of a sudden it flares into life and mm -hmm. it's like a chorus rings out with just like this chorus of voices and like clarions and it's not a klaxon it's it's a melodious sound mm -hmm. but it's loud and there's no mistaking why it's sounding right so I think that as Homebase realizes the information that Kiki is beaming back, she and Marnie receive orders to collect data for as long as physically possible. Mm -hmm. And I almost want to say, like, they remotely hamstring Kiki. How so? Like locking up her joints so you we can't run away. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. And Marnie's just kind of like doing the metaphorical version of like, you know, trying to to wrestle with the steering wheel to get the car to go, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's just like, God damn it we're sitting ducks out here what the what the hell i think for the first time uh that marnie has experienced kiki is beginning to panic yeah uh there's like rising fear uh in marnie's chest but she's like trying to stamp it down and trying to like figure out a way to to get around the 
uh, basically like the kill signal that they've sent for Kiki's motor controls. And it's just like, damn it, damn it, damn it. And Kiki isn't transmitting any words to Marnie, but her mind is racing um, and her attention is pulled in two directions. One is trying to doing the same thing that Marnie is doing, but on the, the like code level. Mm -hmm. um, and the other is this memory I'm going to play. Hurt me. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Uh, so I'm playing the Ace of Diamonds. Aces are high in this game. And I think what this memory is, is one of the times that Kiki's pilot died. And I think it was a similar situation. I think Kiki and her then-pilot Morgan uh, were doing some kind of reconnaissance and came upon some information that was extremely important. And they were essentially... I think at that point, maybe Morgan was... Maybe Morgan was determined to stay and see the rest of the information. Mm -hmm. I think... Uh, Maybe she was like, no, this is... Being able to get all of this information back to home base is more important. But I think the result of that was just them getting their ass handed to them in just an incredibly violent way. And, like, there's the... May I make it upsetting? Absolutely. May I suggest that it was one of those things where, like, Kiki had to limp home on autopilot while Morgan was lifeless in the cockpit the whole time? Oh yeah, that. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength here. Oh good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think the cockpit particularly was mangled, like. Mm. Like, maybe whatever the host was had Lance or something. Um, and just, like, skewered Kiki with it. Um, and uh, Marnie gets the kind of buffered because it's a memory, but mm. the, the, the feeling of that connection, the bloom just going dead. Mm-hmm. And the, like, the host leaves Kiki for dead because her pilot is dead. And Kiki has to limp home. And I think, like, Kiki and Marnie slam back into their present bodies uh, when this memory is done. Um, and I think Kiki howls. And with some kind of monumental force of will combined with whatever Marnie is doing on her end, mm -hmm. um, I think they're able to, uh, like, like one of Kiki's paws move mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's like, oh shit, this is working. Yeah, I think Marnie just kind of like shakes the memory off and she says that won't be us that's not this time and um there's instead she changes tactics mm -hmm. because instead of working on motor control there's weapon systems mm -hmm. and it's like if this thing isn't here anymore we've got no reason to stay Mm -hmm. maybe that'll break the that'll break the the kill code nice um and so she like aims the weapons at the uh the stargate and like every single thing that kiki's got that doesn't involve like physically moving and just points it at the gate and opens fire hell yeah good shit I think that should be the end of the scene okay I definitely think that's sync yeah I think so too okay last round so I do have an idea for a scene if you don't uh oh shit it's my scene uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your idea? So, my idea is immediately following that what we did didn't have the exact intended effect because maybe the gate did get destroyed, but in doing so, it sucked us into the other side. Ooh. All right. So, I think there's. Like at the at the tail end of the last scene, there's just like a whole bunch of dust is kicked up. There's a lot of like flashing lights and also this thing potentially exploding and both uh like just plain vision and all of Kiki's sensors are going haywire as a result mm -hmm. of everything that just happened. And I think that gradually the dust begins to settle. And like dust does, it settles from the top down. And I think the first thing we see is no longer a brilliant purple sky, uh, but a blue one. Ooh. And I think the movement locks on Kiki's systems suddenly completely disengage and kiki doesn't wait to figure out what happened she just runs oh boy i think i think maybe where kiki is running is i'm imagining almost like the desert in like colorado Mm -hmm. where it's red and there's all these bands of other colors and the the rocks and stuff. Yeah. But there's like towering rock spires as well mm -hmm. that just like curve over each other and almost look like a rib cage in some, mm -hmm. you know, from some uh angles. Mhm. Mm and so we're we're like running through this Marnie's recovering and doing doing her best to like sense what's coming up 
Mm -hmm. And like she's trying to feed as much information to Kiki as possible, but like everything around here reeks of the host, which makes sense. We're we're here. We're we're where they're presumably coming from. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we actually see the host as we're used to. Mm -hmm. I almost wonder if it isn't like. Like how in Pacific Rim, the kaiju were explicitly created for going through the portal to the other side. Right. And what we think of as the host isn't actually the host. It's actually these other beings that we mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we even necessarily recognize these beings as... I don't know, I don't want to say people necessarily, but we don't recognize them as being what they are at first because they're so wildly different from what we're used to. Mm -hmm. But we're we're passing all of these beings that are like turning towards us. And do you think they're giving chase? Uh, I think not immediately. I think they're too surprised. Mm -hmm. I think they look different out of the corner of our eyes mm -hmm. than they do when we look at them straight on and i think as we pass them we see them like turning towards us to follow our movement but whatever they they don't decide immediately to follow because i think they just didn't expect this at all mm -hmm. and i think kiki asks marnie what do we do now? So I think um, Kiki is met with a memory. And it's a memory that's not... It feels very offhand. And I'm playing the, the two of clubs. And clubs is uh, memories uh, tied to places or objects. Mm -hmm. And in this case, what Kiki sees is a sphere of what looks like it could be flesh being passed to Marnie and the words, this is what they feel like. Hmm. And so Marnie turns it over in her hands and in her head and she nods like it's giving her a bit of a headache to be so close to a sample from the host. Mm -hmm. And Marnie's getting a similar headache from being so close, but she tries to push through it and she says, Well, since we're here. And before she can finish the sentence, I think she feels something like a sharp stab of pain that Kiki can feel too. It's that strong. Mm -hmm. And she, like, her head whips up and she says, This way. If we can go this way, and if we can make it, and if we can do damage, I think we can really fuck them up. I think she gets a flash of teeth and uh, gets the sense that Kiki is smiling. And she says, <laughs> fuck yeah. And, like, still running basically full tilt. Like, does a... Uh, sweeping turn and heads in the direction that Marnie indicated. 
Do you think that scene? I think so, yeah. I think it's better to leave it there. I think that's sync. Yeah, that's 100% sync. <laughs> Alright. Are we ending the game here? I think... So, with uh, ending the game... Uh, play comes to close whenever you both agree that we've reached an end, which I think we have. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we count up the total value of the cards in each pile with suit cards e uh, equaling 11 and aces equaling 12. Um, and we use these totals to figure out the general shape of the post game for uh, you and your co-pilot. So uh, once we've decided what the general shape of the epilogue is, create uh, some images from this life um we take turns flipping over cards and using their suit and value to shape post-game moments uh but rather than role-playing them as you would memories in the main game focus on making their making them brief tableaus that capture the feel and tone of our future uh and we do this three times each mm -hmm. so um I don't think we necessarily need to tally up the the totals <laughs> entirely. Um, we've got 14, 14, 28, 39 sync, and uh, 13 desync. <laughs> if I've been doing my math right, um, at the very least, we've got significantly more sync than desync. Mm -hmm. So I think that through the power of our connection we're able to push through and like we find the the core that we're looking for and destroy it mm -hmm. and are able to to push through and get home uh-huh yeah definitely do you want me to flip first or do you want to flip first uh you can flip first okay uh i think this three of diamonds is the feeling of pride that swells in Kiki when they return to base and offer up their report. Love it. So I think the seven of diamonds is Morwenna finding us in the uh, hangars we're, right as we're coming back. Mm -hmm. And just, like, Marnie's happy to see her sister and happy that her sister's happy that Kiki is back safe. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no, there's no sense of moroseness or anything. There's just, like, yay, my sister's happy. Mm-hmm. This Six of Hearts is Marius scolding Marnie for getting Kiki damaged, but in a way that's just like long-suffering. Somehow they've had this argument like a million times before. Um, mm -hmm. Like maybe this is significantly farther in the future. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, Marnie just like leaning up against one of Kiki's legs uh, and listening tolerantly as Marius goes on and on. 
I know we're not supposed to roleplay out, but I do want to add the detail of Marnie, like, kind of jokingly showing the mental image of Marius under Kiki's paw. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think we see Kiki's tail wagging, um, mm -hmm. as, as that snapshot fades. I've got the Ace of Hearts. Oof. I I think this is a little bit later once uh Marnie's been like completely cleared for duty mm -hmm. and like not, you know, cuz I'm sure they both got pretty banged up mm -hmm. during that. Um and I'm sure you know this is probably several weeks later, but then Marnie's sisters like at first at first Marnie doesn't know what's going on because one of her sisters grabs her and like puts a blindfold on her and then spins her around a bunch of times and then <laughs> uh takes her to a room where a bunch of the the other Sans clones are throwing a party for her oh. and it's like the closest she's ever felt to her other clones. Mm. That's good. Uh, I have the Jack of Clubs. And I think... I think this is... Uh, Kiki showing Marnie some, like almost like a glove compartment kind of deal, like some some small compartment in her cockpit that every single one of her pilots has left like a memento in. Mm -hmm. And Kiki asking uh, if Marnie will leave something too. And I think Marnie says, I'll put something in there, but I'm not leaving it. <laughs> and uh oh ace of clubs <laughs> um i'll just continue on i think that the object that marnie leave doesn't leave because she doesn't have any intention of leaving kiki but the object that marnie puts in the compartment Mm -hmm. is one of her dog tags mm. partly because like Kiki is effectively like next of kin and partly because it's like the conflict's over she's not going to need dog tags anymore mm -hmm. good good game Ooh. yeah Ben Roswell you write good games. I know that this game is effectively written for me, and it worked. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That was really good. Thank you so much for playing it with me. Yeah. Uh, shall we do outros? Yeah. Am I going first? Yes. 
Uh, I've been Danielle. You can continue to find me on the internet at Redtail Talk 90. You can find uh, my home podcast, The Room Where It Happened, over at Roomware Pod on Twitter. Uh, come check us out. We're about to start season three soon. Um, which will By be... the time this comes out, it might already be going. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes, that is that is true. Um, we're we're so... in season three. It's some uh, urban shadows and Appalachia bullshit. Um, yeah, now's a great time to jump on. I don't imagine that season three will be too far in by the time this drops, so you shouldn't have too much to catch up on. Um, <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, and if you like Animorphs, check out my other actual play podcast, Dumb Kids Playing Hero, uh, where I GM, um, or check out, uh, at Escafil Files, uh, which is the book analysis podcast of Animorphs that I do with Jade. Hell yeah. And I've been August. You can still find me on Twitter at Harpydora, still find the games that I have written at harpydora.itch.io. Uh, you can still find the podcast at FTLcast on Twitter, FTLcast.com, or Patreon.com forward slash FTLcast. I have no idea what stuff we're going to be doing by the time this comes out, but I promise it's going to be cool. <laughs> so, with that all said, shall we clap? Yeah. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!